to do. We got we got so much to do. We got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Welcome to the show. Welcome to James True. Oh, I forgot to uh, do that'll get weird, but that's okay. We'll gotta turn on this because we got a lot to do today. Whoops, that's Cinnabot Cell. Now that's okay, but I, I don't want to show you that right now. I want to show you. Uh, oh crap! I'm showing you the patron credit list. Sorry, that's bad. Uh, where is it? Oh, that's the display capture. I need to turn that one off. Okay, well, wow, I did not expect this macOS screen capture. Yeah, there it is. And then if I turn on, nope. And then if I turn, no, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, if I pull this one down below. Okay, good, you were just seeing the credits, which is actually great. I'm glad you're seeing the credits. The patrons there seem like unsafe changes. No, I don't want to, whoa, whoa. I want to just open this one up. Got a show for you today, I swear. They're unsafe changes. What? Discard. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Window capture. Finder. There it is. Now we're talking. Am I muted? I'm not muted. Uh, you've. Uh, look at that. Uh, hey, Graham, just send me a uh, 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 super chat on uh, Rockfin. Thank you, Graham. Good to see you. And uh, even though I haven't earned it, but I'm about to. Here we go. Here we go. I can't believe this took that long. Sorry, guys. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Oh, I just went inside that folder. Come on. Come on. No, it's still not out of there. Okay, having fun over here. Trying to get this thing to drag down so I can put this thing back on. <laughs> God, that was hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was hard. Oh, the things we do. The things we do. I don't even know. I have no idea if the... Uh, you guys still even watching? I just read something about... Uh, how important it is within the first five minutes of a video to uh, engage everyone. And so, good job. Hey, there's Anne Lou in the, in the house. What a beautiful, wow, what a, what a pleasant, beautiful surprise. Good to see you there, Anne Lou. Thank you for telling me I'm not muted. Thanks, thanks, Nate. And Anne's here too, so I should just put her on camera. And I could just like chill out and watch Anne and see what she's up to. Okay, so... So we're going to do a show. That was the idea. And the idea is to go over here and hit full screen. I can't believe this is taking this long. I appreciate you guys. I've been prepping this show for you. Been looking forward to it. And here it comes. Hello, Mo. And here it comes. And uh, all right. So let's let's do this. Let's do this. Hello, Emil. Je m'appelle Emil. Come on. How cool is that? Okay. Uh, so... We're still, we're, we're gonna, I'm showing my trash can too. Another thing I can do is if I turn on this thing. <laughs> oh God, if I turn on this thing, then that fixes that. And then when I come back over here and hide that, now we're cooking with gas. Okay, uh, welcome to the show, big show today, I, I swear. And uh, the show is Ego and the Immune System, which is uh, pretty crucial. We're blending these two things, right? You got the eye, you got the eye over here, the ego. And you got the immune system, and these two are the same. They're, they scissor. These two are the same. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. And uh, um, let's get let's get crack a lacking, shall we? Um, all right, there's our little outline. Uh, before I begin, I, I need to remind some of you that, um, especially if you're new to my work, I've done a pretty in-depth study of the history of vaccines. I've, it's called The Religious Roots of Vaccines. 
It is episode this one, and that episode is, I believe it's 226. However, the uh, it's not showing me to you, but it's the religious roots of vaccines, and you can check that out. And, and I'm just pulling out the six points that I really, really want you to realize came from that. So instead of you having to watch the entire live stream, you could just hear me say this, the history of vaccines. Number one, vaccines worked before they worked. What do I mean by that is that the first vaccine was actually horse grease. Literally the junk that was stored in between the clefts, I mean the cracks of the hooves of horses, was pulled into a syringe and injected intermuscularly. And, and it worked. It worked. It worked so well that they started calling them vaccines. Edward Jenner, the founder, the inventor of, of who we credit as the inventor of modern vaccines, was locked in a barn for three weeks with no food, uh, given this horse grease injection and said, son, you're either going to live or are you going to die? We'll see you in three weeks. And the horse grease had no bovine vaccine in it. Vac, vac, the word vac comes from cow, right? You're literally putting cow pus inside of you. And that the cow pus worked just a little bit better than the horse grease. That's the only point I want to share with you right now is that before vaccines worked, they worked when they were made from a different material called horse grease. Not making that up. Check it out. Look at the episode. Number two inoculations came from the field of witchcraft detection what yes yeah, what i said if you watch the show you already know that you're like james is talking about witch prickers yes i'm talking about witch prickers get your witch prickers right witch prickers are long short fat little large and a witch pricker was a needle and the needle was pressed subcutaneously into the skin to determine whether someone was or was not a witch and it worked. What do I mean by that? A town that was vexed by a witch when a witch pricker was used and a witch was found and someone was burned, suddenly no one was vexed anymore and they called that success. The same way they called it success when they used horse grease. This, I'm not making this up. This is why you watch me. This is why I have patrons because I'm, I'm showing you these things. And I'm reading these things and I'm sharing them with you. Wallace wrote a fantastic book called The History of Vaccines. If you go in the episode of that, you will see that. But, but in my episode, The Religious Roots of Vaccines, it shows you that it is a religious birth. Okay. Uh, quick algorithm. Vaccines are safe and effective. Vaccines are safe and effective at eugenics. Vaccines are safe and effective at eugenics. All of that is a necessary part of public health. You cannot have the word public health without... Uh, population control. You cannot have the word population control without eugenics, eugenics, right? Invented in the town of Eugene. Most people don't know that, uh, but we'll name it. What are you going to do about it, right? Number three, variolation never worked. Before we came up with horse grease, we were snorting uh, pus, pusicles. Yep. <clears throat> We were taking cold sores, putting them in a powder, sticking them in a pestle, pounding up into a fine powder, and blowing them into our children's nose. And that worked too. It worked also. Problem is, a lot of people were dying. It's like, oh, fuck, didn't work. Blew it in the wrong hole, right? Who knows, right? But so it worked, and a lot of people were dying because this is literally the definition of safe and effective. It is. Look it up. 
Uh, number four, stimulated an immune response. That's true. All of these things, as I've said, stimulated an immune response, which is why it worked. It worked because it stimulated an immune response. If I can stimulate an immune response within you, and that immune response in you causes you to physically heal from an injury, you will call me a healer, even though you're the one that stimulated the response, right? I just took credit for it. Why? Because I am a charlatan. This is the word for, for someone who wants to help more than they want credit, which is something we briefly covered. I should have given even more justice last time, but most of our, the plagues in the world are, are not people that have evil intent, but are people that are charlatans, people that just want credit. That's all. They really want to feel helpful. And so they will charlatanize themselves right into helping, saying, I'm the one that fixed this because they want to help. It, it doesn't have to be nefarious. They just really want to help. I'm helping is what Ralphie says, right? Same thing. So it stimulated an immune response. Number five, so vaccines could stimulate an immune response without using science. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to say here, that these things were working. Eureka's right, Don. These things were working without actual science. Witch prickers, snorting poor, uh, pustules up your nose, and injecting horse grease were all considered safe and effective by the times of the day. The reason why I'm telling you that is this is not a episode about vaccines, although we're going to be getting into a little bit of things dealing with virus. It's an episode about belief, but we have to get there. In order to get there, we have to come through the peril gates of ego, and we will do that right now. Charlatan's Web, I love that, Nate. So triomphe de la petite vérole. This picture is not an exaggeration. It's not just a weird fantasy. I literally kid you not that the way to make vaccines work back then was to wheel around a half mermaid with leprosy in a wagon and to inject her pores, her sores, into your children while wearing a black dunce cap. I'm not kidding. Salacus, salacious, right? In Latin, salacus. Uh, uh, speculum, the salacious spectacle of watching a wheeled mermaid leprous woman with pus sores and no shirt being brought into your village is enough to dilate the piss out of everyone in that village for the rest of their life. And when they're dilated, that is the time to administer medicine because that is the time that you can secrete an immune response which is why so many of these salvation technology, medicine, immune responses all came from the world of dilation technology, is what I'm saying. Dilation technology. Some of you are going to hate this now. You can go ahead and, and curse me and say how evil it is. But is coronavirus real? I was probably one of the first people, don't mean to claim credit for that, but I probably was the first person to actually uh, put Andrew Kaufman sort of in an audience and say, tell me what, what, what your theory is about exosomes. And Andrew said, I think that this is not a virus, it's exosomes. And he made an interesting case for it. And it, it, it launched uh, his path, opened up into a whole new world of, of being in this movement. And good for him. He's done exceedingly well uh, with that. And um, it, it made us all look because James True Live wants you to look. I don't have the answers. I have the lookies. I have the looksies for you. He wanted us to look at the idea of exosome and a virus and how similar they are. And so we did. And an entire uh, religious 
sect was created over the idea that this is not a virus. You hear cases like a virus is not alive, therefore it can't hurt you. You've heard that contagion is a myth, which we're about to see. You've heard that there's court cases that are saying we will give you millions of dollars if you can prove this gain of function, all of these arguments, which are very good arguments, which I am not here to squelch. I think that you should utilize these arguments to sharpen and hone your technology of belief, whatever that may be. Some of you are offended by me if I do not match your belief. And I've just learned that this is just part of the fodder, that there's a natural sacrifice of souls, of poor souls that have the, the audacity to watch this show without actually having their own beliefs. So they end up hitching a ride to mine or, or other people maybe in the chat, and it gets kind of painful for them. They usually end up feeling like they were led astray, when in fact the whole problem was is that they were expecting to be led. I'm not here to lead you. I don't have answers. I don't have secret uh, code for you. I'm simply here to give you my journey through this forest that we call information, whatever that may be. So is coronavirus real? On the left is uh, uh, an EM of, of a coronavirus, electron microscope, you'll hear that word EM in a video I'm about to play. I just wanted you to be aware for it so that you're not distracted when you hear the word EM and go, what the hell is EM? It's a, a picture of a coronavirus on the left and a picture of an extracellular vesicle or an exosome on the right. And I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I have zero credentials at all. But these two things do, in fact, look different to me. I still think it's interesting that we looked. I'm glad we looked. And if anything, I thought the biggest, uh, the biggest tell in all this was that the people that insinuated that anyone that would look at an exosome and go, huh, I wonder if that's maybe a virus, are crazy. Because that's what I saw instantly. Instantly. I showed uh, the, uh, five minutes of Andy's talk to a friend of mine who was a, a nurse, still is, at a giant hospital. One of the hospitals in Raleigh, actually, got, that got exposed with the COVID dancers where all the nurses were dancing. And I showed him this, and he, he immediately got angry and dismissive and said, we're not even friends anymore because of it. Because I said, hey, wonder if a virus is an exosome. And to me, it was not that Andy Kaufman was right, although he could or could not be. I'm not here to take that away from him. It was that the reaction that I was seeing from people inside the industry from my friend, a friend who used to say that I was the smartest person on the planet that he ever knew, to me was a bigger story. To me, that was the bigger deal. It was the same thing I ran into when I was in the military, when I was saying, hey, maybe we're not doing such a good job. There's a thought, right? Same thing I encountered when I entered the truth movement. I entered QAnon and I started to say, hey, I think this is a PSYOP. I think this entire operation is actually uh, put on by Breitbart and Steve Bannon. And sure enough, right after that, uh, Donald Trump is elected president. Steve Bannon's like the campaign advisor. Uh, through this, through these entire things, I've seen the truth and I've instantly been punished for it by showing it to my quote, quote, fans. I say quote, quote, because the fans are gone. All this leftist people like you that are just here to think about stuff, right? We get a few stragglers every now and then. They're like, I'm a fan. It's like, oh, you poor thing. You poor, look at the poor guy over there trying to be a fan. So <clears throat> we're left. I'm leaving you in a certain spot. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I'm not going to tell you what not to believe. I'm telling you the journey that I've been through led to the same reaction that all inflammation takes when it comes to new ideas, whether they be about science, religion, technology, all that stuff is inflammation, which is denial. We deny something is real. I believe that the COVID pandemic was absolutely uh, something that was rolled out on a celebrity basis, that certain celebrities were recruited and invoked to 
to betray the idea that something like this could spread globally. I, I, that's just personally what I believe. I believe that simply because as I was watching the media when it was happening, someone like me, who's not that intelligent overall when it comes to like the average of, of all the people out there in the world, someone like me was watching going, why are they simultaneously telling us how viral and contagious this is, but also keep cutting to shots of airplanes on the airports? They were showing planes flying back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they were implying that none of the military, none of the government had any any say-so at all in what happens with planes. Even though we have the TSA then, even though right now you literally cannot get on a plane without them sticking something up your butt crack, they wanted us to pretend and insist that none of us had any control over the planes flying. And that was when Tom Hanks was brought in and somehow claimed that his remote vacation in the middle of the fucking outback in Australia somehow linked him up with something that came from China and somehow went back to the United States while he sat there the whole time with a typewriter. This is one of many, many things that occurred during this event. And this event is not new. Before this even happened, I did something in one of my books where I talked about Dr. Paul Offit. This guy was in charge of... Uh, the inoculation programs, very heavy proponent uh, pushed by the CDC, pushed by the, the government himself that was actually looking to inoculate more people and actually said on camera, the only way, the only way we are going to get more people vaccinated is to have an outbreak and to have the media cover it. And that seeing this, you understand that this is not the first time. In fact, if you can make it in the show long enough for us to get to the norovirus and the Republican convention, I've got a little surprise for you coming up. So is the coronavirus real? You get to decide. I personally think it's real. And that we, what we watch is that we watch the denialism come in from truthers. I think Andy Coffin was susceptible to that because he, as a charlatan, he wanted credit more than he actually wanted to look at it. Uh, you can ask Billy Valentine about this, who was, uh, I think if anyone was like looking at this as a doctor, that uh, another piece of data that they actually would just have to consider is, well, why, why are people in New York dying, for example, something that Billy Valentine asked him. I was disappointed in Kaufman's response to that because it, it suddenly realized, wait a minute, I think this is a charlatan. It could actually be that there is propaganda, that there's a psyop, that all those things are true, but also on our quote-quote side, right, and within our own community, there are people that simply want credit more than they want to maybe solve. And it's not that they don't want to solve, it's just that when you look at how much calories does it take for me to get credit for something versus how many calories does it take for me to solve something, you've just defined every single media outlet, every single political party, every single truth movement, Literally every single cult, every single concept that you've ever encountered in the world comes down to this fashion. It's a fashion competition is really all it is because the technology of belief is the only commodity that matters in this world. And that's really what I'm hoping to convey today. Happy Friday. Great to see you guys. Happy 10-6 to you all. Really, really, really proud to be here and have your witness and to have so many patrons that allow these shows to happen. So thank you very, very much. Gain of function. I believe that you are actually looking at a photograph that, in my opinion, proves gain of function. I say that because if you're looking, if you look at spot E, you're seeing an endosome. This is basically an exosome that hasn't exited the vesicle yet, right? It hasn't left the cell membrane. And that this endosome is wide open. Its legs are spread. Its mouth is open. It is waiting for anything. And that the very... Uh, penetrating permeability of the cell itself 
proves the gain of function simply by this picture, in my opinion, that the early endosome uh, ends up having to blossom like this where it's open and that the vesicle walls accept uh, different, uh, we're going to call them viruses just until we get to slide 16, but they accept this foreign material. Uh, it's not even foreign. They accept messages. They accept fortune cookies from outside. And the early endosome in slot E is actually showing you he's actually eating those. He's actually eating those. And then when he finishes eating those, in the top right, you're seeing another endosome that is actually finished. This is a race. This is a race for information to insert itself into the cell, that the cell has no choice but to develop these endosomes, and that these endosomes can be infiltrated through propaganda, through the propagation of other people's exosomes, which is what we're going to get to. Remind you again, if you don't believe in viruses, that's fine. I hope that you can have enough health to just hear this journey through the story that I've been through personally because I've been on every side of this. And I'm not saying I'm right. These guys are actually going to tell you. This is the conversation that should have happened when I asked my friend. This is the conversation that Andy Kaufman should have reached out to another person that did believe in viruses and that they could have had a rational conversation. Instead, it was, let's limit the debate to Cox postulates. Let's insist that all of this is, is infiltrated into the idea that it, since a vaccine is not alive, all germ theory isn't true. And I remind everybody that a nail is not alive and I can put it in a pneumatic gun and it will do so much damage to you and you will not be able to explain it away by saying, but nail, you're not alive. And these guys are doing that too. But they're also doing something more. I'd like you to consider the virion. Um, and you know, I think that depending on what we're trying to show in our in our EMs, um, we can we can emphasize this corona or de-emphasize it. Um, but uh, but it's becoming clear, um, I believe, in the EV field too, that there can be a protein corona. Um, not just proteins, there can be other, other components too that are surrounding vesicles. So maybe there's some DNA there, maybe some RNA. Um, you can see that and, here actually on this, uh, on this EM, a cryo-electron microscopy picture of a, a vesicle. And, and, and that's probably spikes coming out of the, of the membrane. And the membrane is, is, you can't see the double membrane right here, but it's, it's the dark side right here. You, you can see one without the spikes. You agree with that, or yes, I, I do, I do, and I, um, you know, I was, um, um, I attended a talk by Edit Buzesh recently at our uh, mm -hmm. ISEV workshop in, in in Buenos Aires uh, a couple months ago, um, and where she was talking about the protein corona and what you can learn about it um, mm -hmm. by by using different experimental techniques that we're all familiar with, um, and this this protein corona might be important for extracellular vesicle function entry. Uh, stability. Uh, so I think there's a lot of um, a lot more that we need to learn about associations of proteins with the, with the extracellular vesicle. Now, now having said, that, okay, not muted, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> not only are these guys discussing exosomes, but they're he said something really interesting. It was actually conveying the idea that the corona is could be a vesicle itself which is very, very much in line with what Kaufman's saying, but this guy still has the, it's not even Kaufman really, it's just the denialist side, we'll say. So 
what you're looking at is that both sides are actually saying the exact same thing, but one side is just saying contagion doesn't exist, that there's no such thing as germ theory itself. Okay. And that's, there's going to be a lot of debate and I'm, you're actually going to find that I actually think that germ theory is the shadow. So I think it's real, but I think it's the shadow of something else, that there's something else moving and we're seeing its effects in the quantum, the quantum collapses, the wave of probability collapses and that all of us, you and me have to create the exosomes to fit the reality that we're receiving from the ion channels around us, meaning our compute our community. WhatsApp's already getting ahead of me in chat, but we're trying to get there, WhatsApp, but I have to take one step at a time to get there slowly, as you're about to see. So I think both guys, both sides, if we call it sides, are actually very similar on, on what they think about this stuff. Virion. Come on. Um, get past there. Now, we have seen last two years, three years, right, this beautiful debate, which I, I, I always welcome debate. It's always healthy. This beautiful debate between germ theory and terrain theory, right? Germ theory and terrain theory. And I, I think one of the biggest uh, biggest problems with this debate is that it shows you very, very clearly that, that the dichotomy is the blindness itself. And this is where I'm disappointed in a lot of people. This is why I, I kind of got on to the, uh, the end of COVID people because they were really what I saw happening was the same message of it's not germ theory, it's terrain theory. But germ theory and terrain theory are the same thing. You're an endosome or you're an exosome. You're inside or you're outside. Either way, if you're going to say it's terrain theory, you're still dealing with contagion. Why? Because the terrain itself is contagious. Do we understand how contagion works? No, of course not. But guys, we didn't know how it worked when we were putting horse grease in. So from the day one, science has been in the denial of belief. From day one, science has been insisting that placebo has nothing to do with this at all. And that even the ones that are insisting germ theory is wrong and terrain theory is correct are doing the same thing. They are on the same side as the germ theorists by insisting that none of this, none of this could be belief. It has to be terrain or it has to be germ and we're failing miserably. We are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scolding my own. My own community. Gee, I only had a super chat for every time I did that. And, uh, you know, yeah. So this, uh, <clears throat> this idea is getting us away, away from belief. Is Corona killing us? Or was it simply found in the autopsy of everyone who exited through the crown of Osiris? There's a constellation. Hercules is inverted. And there's a constellation where the crown is facing up that when the corona exposes itself, that there's an inversion that takes place. And this inversion is giving you a way out, an exodus, and that all who would see inside their cells this coronal arrival might decide, I'm checking out. And checking out isn't even dying. This is where we're going to get to Egypt in a sec. But it, it, uh, if you knew what you knew, you'd be amazed. What did I just say? If you knew what you knew, there, there was you. Your neocortex doesn't know a lot that it actually knows. The deep down it knows. The shield knows. But this neocortex is like, nah, I don't know that. One of those is death. One of those is this whole thing that you're here. You think you're here because you were born, but you came here because you died. I'm losing patience because people don't want me to talk about Hades. Well, then go because you're missing out on one of the beautifulest things that Hades is teaching you, which is that when you're done being dead, you're going to be born. You don't die. You're going to be born. 
It's a fascinating way of even considering this. And it starts to make a lot of sense when you really peel away all the bullshit that's all around, all the propaganda around us. Apoptosis is considered an immunological uh, silent process since not only do apoptic cells fail to induce inflammation, but uptake in these cells will shown to actively suppress the inflammatory program. Sorry, horrible at reading during a live stream. Apoptosis is the process that the cell goes through where the cell says, I'm committing Harry Carey, I'm ready to die. The cell signals, I'm ready for my death, and apoptosis begins. This death causes no inflammation because there's no regret, there's no denial, there's no resistance. So death itself is not an inflammatory response. Death itself is actually quite normal and built into the functioning of your cells. It is our resistance to death that causes the immune response. This is a very fundamental difference. And until we understand it, we will always allow science to treat death as something they are trying to crusade against. And hey, if you think crusading solves your problems, then go for it, I guess. The same witches felt the same thing, where if we just burn one of us, none of us are going to feel vexed anymore because the price and horror of thinking that we burned someone that was innocent is far too great. So even if we are still being vexed, we're going to shut the fuck up now because we just burned little Linda who likes cats down the road, right? You see how this works. You do. This underworld... This top hieroglyph that you see on the screen is the mem, the water, the mmm. It, it literally goes mmm, right? This is the unseen world, and underneath this unseen world is the pithos, apopsis, or apep, some of you might hear this of, this giant serpent. The pithos was defeated by Apollo. Remember, Apollo fights the pithos. He chops the snake in half. The, the guts of the snake fall into a hole, and the gas from those guts invigorates a vestal virgin that's been placed on a tripod who will tell you your future. Did you hear that? All of that comes from this apoptosis, this concept of a ready death. And out of this concept, the, you have these blades. These are daggers that are used to cut apopsis or apep into several pieces. This is actually Apollo, stolen from Egypt. And that the very cat that helps you kill a pep is also the two lions that have their faces turned, that after death, the moment death arises, you, you experience the aket or the horizon. Most of you know when you hear the Sphinx, you picture that monument. But what you may not know is that that is actually the aket, that, that that symbol is the, it's not just the horizon, it is the horizon where the sun is born. And I want you to hear this correctly, where the sun is born, the horizon where the sun is born. And it has this shape, it looks like uh, two fingers wrapping themselves around the ball. If you look in the bottom left there, a cat horizon. I think I have a better picture of it here next. A cat is expressed inside the process that you and I may know is phagocytosis. The death of the cell and what happens is the, 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 uh, the cell that is, that is to die, the Osiris, is wrapped in a coffin. What happens to Osiris? Set convinces Osiris to get in a coffin. He's quote, quote, tricked, right? But secretly, Osiris is all-powerful, so Osiris knew what was happening because he agreed. They're, they're telling you the death of a cell. That when the cell dies... 
it goes into this coffin of Osiris and it's separated into all these pieces. It's broken up because the cell is broken up, right? It's separated into the pithos. Apollo separates it. And so this phagocytic cell is actually the body of Osiris. And what happens? This is the beginning. The death of the cell is the beginning of the underworld. And what is the beginning of the underworld? But a the Egyptian book of the dead, which is translated to the Egyptian book of walking in the light of day. And a cat, the horizon, is at your death. You are seeing where the sun will come up. Do you understand how these are the same? The death of this cell is the birth of a new world, a birth of a new concept. The macrophagy is signaled. Oh, you want to die. It comes in and wraps it set, wraps itself around the cell that's ready to, to become the Osiris. And the process is a willingness. This, this concept is so much deeper than we think. It's so much more important than we think because it's not just telling you what happens after you die. It's telling you what happened before you were born. Akhet is considered the first season of the year, by the way, because Akhet is when the Nile floods. It literally destroys everything. So the Akhet is a destruction. And with that destruction comes the birth of Horus, right? The Horus, the placenta. The placenta is born long before the fetus is there. The placenta, the Horus, is there first. The Horus dies to deliver you into this world because the Horus is this macrophagy process, this apoptosis that occurs. It's brilliant. And all the things that the cell learned were built up in its blockchain. This blockchain is the pithos. This is why we're building the blockchain now, because the blockchain will be expressed in the pithos, which is, and eventually we will have blockchain control us all, and we will say, we got to cut that bitch up. Because all the things that we've learned, all the things that we know, would be the embodiment of this apep, this giant blockchain snake, and that to liberate ourselves, to start over, because we become so confined in the knowing of everything, it would become necessary for us to eviscerate all of our knowledge, to destroy the blockchain, and to begin again. And this is, this is the body of Osiris, and you, my friend, are living inside it. You're gorgeous. From, from one, one cell inside the body of Osiris to another, you are beautiful. It's simply marvelous, darling. I love what you're doing over there with your cells. Your little vesicles are looking really cute right now. Just going to say that. So there's a science of exosomes. I want you guys to listen to this, too. This is not new stuff, right? People, people know what exosomes are. Science shows us a revolutionary way to provide true stem cell therapy, which is to provide therapy to the patient's own cells by modulating the cellular activity. This happens by introducing the patient's cells to a healthy and younger combination of naturally occurring growth factor proteins and exosomes. A growth factor is naturally occurring protein capable of stimulating cellular growth proliferation, healing, and cellular differentiation. Usually it is a protein or a steroid hormone. Growth factors are important for regulating a variety of cellular processes. Let's find out how exosomes are made. Inside the cell, a cell membrane forms inward, forming a special type of lipid vesicle called an endosome. Then the proteins, microRNA and messenger RNA, invaginate the endosome's membrane, 
forming the exosomes. Endosomes then fuse with the surface of the cell, releasing the exosomes outside of the cell. Due to the observation of this process, historically exosomes were believed to be a waste byproduct of cells. But when researched further and it was discovered that, in fact, these are the mediating mechanism involved in direct cell-to-cell -cell communication. These produce an anti-inflammatory response due to the communication from the many proteins that down-regulate inflammatory proteins. Other proteins will then recruit stem cells to the area that will help unregulate these cells to proliferate and promote organised healing through the regulated process. Then once the task is complete, there are additional proteins that tell the cells when the healing has been completed. These exosomes, with the presence of over a thousand plus growth factors, are being regarded as one of the purest forms of stem cell therapy. Could not have said it better, uh, Twilight Miss. Science shows us the a revolutionary what, way to... The mercury of cellular messengers, right? that the exosomes, the endosome goes in, it pulls out some propaganda from the cell, it distributes it. What is propaganda? We, it, you missed principles of dojos, so I don't get to go through the whole thing about this, but I want you to realize that the reason why propaganda and propagate are the same words is because the only way that propagation occurs is if there's something in it for someone to spread. So propaganda is not necessarily a... a a word of deceit it's more of a word of fuel that the propaganda that you hear the only reason why you hear a message that traveled 3,000 miles away is because it had enough propaganda in it to propagate to propagandize right to propagate it to your ears which means good media that reaches your ears from thousands of miles away is actually not going to reach you because it's true it's going to reach you because it has the right kind of propagation to it which means it has to have a certain kind of fuel. Inside blockchain right now, we have something called smart contracts on the Ethereum network. I'm not trying to bore you, but there's something called gas. If you want to make a transaction where I send you money, I have to pay gas for that fee to propagate. I have to pay for the propaganda of telling the whole world that I made this transaction with someone else and that your body works the same way. Your body utilizes the essence of propaganda to send its messages to each other and exosomes and corona and spike proteins are how you do that. You place little lollipops on the outside of your fortune cookie knowing that it's the fortune cookies being mailed to you, that each of those lollipops are being used as fodder to propagate your fortune cookie even farther. Some of you who've bought a book from me off my website, you get a little feather that's taped to the outside of the package. 
It is me showing you an endosome, an exosome at work, showing you that we can trust the world, that I can put this feather on the outside of the package, and that the entire, all the people that touched this package on the way did not take it. They knew it was yours. They saw it was yours. There's trust in the world. There's a spiritual uh, information in that when you get my book and you turn it over and you see that feather. It shows you something about this place. And our idea that viruses are not exosomes is our idea that the world is out to kill you and hurt you. And exosomes is the idea that we're just out to try and communicate. So when you're looking at what a virus is, you're looking at an exosome. But when you're looking at an exosome, you're looking at a virus. And I hope now that you can really see the crux of what I'm trying to say, that both sides, germ theory and terrain theory, have both lied to themselves because they want to insist that they have a, and an or gate, meaning that you can either believe in this or this, but you can't do both. And that's the folly that they've used because of the energy of charlatan. The charlatan energy applies and reaches for the propaganda and will purposely place lollipops on its fortune cookie despite the fortune cookie being empty because that becomes an entire avenue or economy that exists inside your body of Osiris, which I'm hoping to get to. Thank you so much for being here. Hope I'm not going too fast. I just really, really hope that I can sink all this in before time is up. So let me, let me reiterate, even if germ theory is real, my friends, even if contagion is not a myth, even if corona is a virus, even if there is proof of gain of function, even if we have found that sick people have this virus, guess what? It still does not mean that that's how it works. It still does not mean that. And the reason why is because of those five facts that I gave you earlier that I didn't want you to lose. And I hope you can hear them now ringing because I'm the dude in the truth movement who's actually telling you that you need to compassionate germ theory here a little bit because you missed the picture because of how desperate people wanted to win. They wanted to have victory. I'm not invited to the conference because I would say this there. You understand? I would say this. I'm not invited to flat earth because I would tell people that you render your world and they don't want that. I'm not at the end of COVID conference because I'm telling you that your left brain is telling you that germ theory works and they're not wrong. Your left brain is accurate as fuck, but they miss the picture because they're the capillaries of wisdom, right? They're the very, very base root of where that blood flows, but your right side is the, the veins and the arteries. It's that thick, thick traffic that comes through, and both of you have a different perspective, an endosome and an exosome about the reality of contagion, propagation, and more importantly, propaganda. Propaganda is belief. Please stop shitting on the word propaganda right now. Stop it. Propaganda is a good word. It's a good word. And you will continue to be victimized as long as you insist it's not. And when you tell me you're going to tell me your truth, you're not. You're telling me your propaganda. You are. You're telling me your propaganda. You are. And it's okay. It's beautiful. I accept you completely for it. I wouldn't trust you if you didn't. The same way if I saw a messenger protein coming down my bloodstream and it had no, no, no lollipops associated with it at all. And it was just simply trying to say, look, I, I don't want lollipops or propaganda. I'm just here to, to no, no, I don't trust that because that system doesn't understand how the world works. It's living in this communist manifesto out in a, in a shack. It's got a manifesto and everything.
What is a woman festo? Just want to point that out. That when a woman writes a manifesto, it's a, a woman festo. Just something to keep in mind. So I hope this point hit, ha, hits hard, guys. It still doesn't mean that's how it works. I want you to know that even if you believe these five things on the left, it still doesn't mean that this is the vehicle for how it works because horse grease worked. Because all of these other things worked. Guys, I don't have time to go into yellow fever, but oh my fucking God, if you would, if you would read the history of yellow fever, if you would read the suffering that people were going through, I'm simply making a case that if you saw how bad that suffering is during the yellow fever outbreaks and they were just rampant, that you would literally accept any cure, even if it didn't work, because the idea of you finding salvation from this terrible, invisible scourge would terrify the shit out of you. And you will find yourself clinging to this works. And I know this because we do that now today. We do it today with cancer. We do it today with every other thing that we're affecting too. We will literally radiate the fuck out of ourselves. Because we're insisted that's what works. And we're calling it that's what works because we cannot accept a reality that maybe apoptosis is just happening, man. Maybe it's just fucking happening. Maybe the entire process isn't actually at fault. Maybe the problem is you. Maybe the problem is your posture and your perspective over what's happening in this world. And maybe collectively, if you added up that fear, that you could easily say how it would spark gap into burning witches, euthanizing an entire culture, or running into Africa and literally giving everyone their AIDS. But we can't afford friendly fire. We cannot afford to admit friendly fire. And if you're a billionaire, the last fucking thing you're going to do is admit that all the money and all the work that you put into just killed more people, especially not after you just got through releasing Windows, that piece of shit operating system. There's no fucking way you're going to be able to afford that, even though you have all the money in the world. Corona is a protein shell. It's a protein shell that has information. Guess what? endosomes are a protein shell exosomes are a protein shell they're all the same the difference is how you are choosing to demonize or proliferate or proselytize what that is right you can demonize it as, as a corona or you can proselytize it as an exosome but they're the same thing media is a protein shell let me rephrase that corona is a protein shell media is a protein shell all of these are the same the potus seal is the npr is the nbc news is the harvard university is the paramount pictures is the world health organization these are all the same it only takes really really retarded people to assume that these are different these are all protein shells. They all work the same. They all have information inside that will either help you or hurt you. And that's going to depend on you, on your posture, on your toxicity, and on your immunity to not ingest bad things. Did you know that your body does not ingest everything it eats? Did you know that? That your body sniffs. It doesn't trust you. It doesn't trust what you put in your mouth. Are you kidding? You eat boogers, or at least you used to, some of you. Thank you for stopping, says your esophagus. But that because of that, from a long age, you put quarters down there, you put, you put marbles down there, that that giant tapeworm that you call your stomach was finally was like, dude, I, I'm not going to fucking blindly believe what this guy feeds me anymore. The guy's an idiot. 
So your, your digestive tract literally only pulls out of it what it trusts, what it thinks, and what it trusts is going to be built on its history, right? What it's been fed in the past, what kind of addictions and demons it has brewing. You know that your, your, your stomach is just a giant chemical demon, right? And that everything you ate yesterday is just charging that demon, the cauldron, right? Is rising and this bubble is, you know, slime creatures coming up going, Oh, I, I've put Rice Krispies in microwave and marshmallow, vanilla extract. Hit the button to ask no questions, right? You, 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 you enter into these states because of this possession. And, and instead of us fighting the possession, I say embrace it. Put a saddle on that bitch and say, what do you want, you crazy demon? Let's go out for drinks. Let's do it. Media is a protein shell, just like Corona is a protein shell, right? Cytokines are a protein shell. What is a cytokine? A cytokine comes out of your body, goes, oh, fuck. I have, something's happened. Can you, can you come over here? That's all the cytokine does. Is there's been an incident. Something's happened. I can't help, but I need you to know that something's happened over here and it's not so great. Things are not looking good over here. There's a lot of drama over here. And that even that, even the cytokine is a protein shell that has a story to tell. And whether or not it propagates is going to be depending on the science of propagation, which really depends on what you're going to ingest. You're going to ingest a story that's exciting and new, right? You know, dismiss a story maybe that's boring or pushes against the grain of your own belief or makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you challenge your previously held notions that currently make you feel safe. So looking at propaganda in this honest way takes you to a different place, a different level, a whole nother level, baby. Exosomes are a protein shell, too. Look at James. All these things are protein shells. Yes, Corona is a protein shell, right? Media is a protein shell. Cytokines are protein shell. Exosomes are a protein shell. Protein shell, fortune cookies, right? Extracellular vesicles are a protein shell. Every single thing that your cell does to stay alive, every process that it needs to release or pull in things into its environment to take care of you and your skin and all the processes that it does re relies on these extracellular vesicles. What is an extracellular vesicle? It's a pocket of fat, a protein shell, that has information inside of it. So your entire cellular process is viral. Your entire cellular communication process relies on propaganda, propagation, and viral thought. Viral information with lots of candy canes, with lots of spikes on the outside to see if you will bite. It's fishing. Your cells are fishing for each other inside the ocean of Osiris. In order for us to get where I want us to go, I need you to understand that there is a belief technology called anti-belief. And I don't actually think that anti-belief is wrong, but in order for you to get over this hump and get those training wheels off your bike, I need you to turn around and notice that anti-belief is training wheels. That when you do not believe in something, that is you being lazy. Telling me what you do not believe is not a belief, my friends. This is a form of loitering. You are loitering on someone else's belief, insisting that no one should shop there. You are hanging outside the Quickie Mart, and you're telling everyone no one, no one should, should come in here and do business there. That's not a belief. Right? It's an anti-belief. There's nothing wrong with it. You're going to find inhibitors and exciters throughout our entire system. 
You can be the ghost in the machine and have anti-belief, but you are being lazy. You were loitering. You were not building your own cellular belief. You were insisting that someone else's belief is wrong, and you think that that's a belief, but it's not. It's not. You're just hijacking theirs. You're wasting your plasma. However, if you do not have a calories, enough calories to sustain your own beliefs, you may have no choice but to simply claim someone else's belief is false. And most of the denialism that you see is that. Germ theory is false. It's not a belief. Even saying terrain theory is true is not a belief because terrain theory is just anti-germ theory and drag. Most of our beliefs are just in drag. They're just anti-something. We have a long way to go because we're still learning to get off the ground. Until we do, we can only unbelieve in certain things. That the critic comes before the artist. The very first thing that really springs up as successful is the one who pisses on the painting. The idea of, of, of demonizing the work of someone else is so much easier than creating your own. And so you'll see that first. It becomes natural. In fact, the artist rises out of the critic because the artist finds himself so disgusted with themselves as critic that they have no choice but to create for themselves. So this is how the stock grows. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. Very important. So when we, let's, let's really look at what this is. Let's stop uh, rejecting materialism and let's sink our teeth in, like deep, deep, deep in. That these vesicles... These endosomes, these exosomes, these cytokines, these viruses are all just liquid will. And that the liquid will is simply conglomerated inside this protein shell because that protein shell is holding information. And that information is your will. It's what you think. And when you really start to understand what the outer perimeter of this protein shell is, the brilliance of it really, really hits you. Because this outer shell, the, the two blue bands that you see, the reason why this is a, a bilipid layer, it's fat. And the reason why it's fat is because it's actually two-sided and that it's bound by its fear of water. That the little spokes that you see in between each of these, of these nodules are water abhorrent. They, they, they repel water. They hate water. And they share in their mutual hatred of water to create this tension. And, and when they create this tension, the surface tension, it creates this three-dimensional shape. But something really important has just happened. And I'm whispering because I want you to look into my hand and understand how important this is. Technically, this is a bubble of air. That if you were to look inside of here, because of how abhorrent the insides of this cell membrane are, because they hate water, because they abhor water, do you understand that this is a separation of the waters from the waters? That the capsule, the fortune cookie that's holding this information, the reason why it's able to be held is because surrounding it in three dimensions is a shape, a bubble, a nebulous that separates the waters from the waters. And inside this is smart water. And that smart water is DNA or RNA, depending on which, which ones of these things you're looking at, right? And so the entire information is contained inside a vessel, a grail, that's separate from the world because it would spoil, it would mix the information if it touched the rest of the world. So the entire propaganda protein shell is a vessel 
It is the thing that holds the sacred smart water information. You understand it's all smart water. What does that mean, James? Think about it. It's water that has intelligence inside of it. The RNA, the DNA, is a story. And that story is a propaganda, and that propaganda is propagated through, through these spike proteins because you are looking at liquid will incarnate. Your will is incarnated in the very things that half the world is telling, or half the truth movement is insisting don't exist. They're telling you that... There's no such thing as bad will, man, because there's no germ theory, because there's no such thing as bad vibes, because everything is positive. And that's how you die. You fail to integrate. You fail to integrate the shadow. Oh, you fail to integrate the shadow. Once again, he has stepped into our shadow, our light trap. This is the trap of light. Where we call forth the moths who think, oh, we're so holy because we're light workers. But no. No, you're light slaves. Darker workers. Lighter slaves. Light slaves, dark workers. This is the difference, right, between victory and wisdom. And these two things can never come together because they are two sides of the same pole. Yes, I do not know where this accent came from but we will get back to work here so this is liquid will you're looking at liquid will think about it this vesicle the cell that's releasing this information this is belief technology the permeable atmosphere the permeable layer the carmen line of your cell is able to break free and release propaganda into the world. It's able to send a signal, a SETI signal into space, a radio signal saying, hey, I'm over here. And when you look at what these, these bits of things are that are being sent out, this propaganda, these are your thoughts and your beliefs. The RNA and the DNA inside these messenger proteins are your thoughts and your beliefs. And the contagiousness of your thoughts and beliefs is going to be purely based on the amount of enthusiasm that you've placed around its outer shell. That the contagious lollipops that you place on the outside of your fortune cookie are the contagiousness of your own thoughts and beliefs. And so the more you invigorate your thought, the more enthusiasm you pour into your thought, the more potent it becomes and the stronger its propagation. This is beautiful science. So, is this a rabies va uh, virus, or is this a rabies website? I have no beef with people hating rabies. One of my biggest problems with the truth movement was when certain people were claiming rabies didn't exist. It bothered me because I've worked in wildlife rescue for a long time, and I've just simply seen a lot of this and although i've seen the symptoms in, in an animal and, and we've called it all that he suffers from rabies i know that you can do an autopsy on that body and you can look at the brain and you can see signs of this the dendritic uh, uh neurons are basically just like melted they're just like fried they're so completely fried that certain information just isn't allowed to come through and you end up with a spark gap which ends up in this really erratic behavior it's it's insane and when you try and ask one of these truthers who's saying germ theory doesn't exist, they, they, they obfuscate and say, well, it's not rabies, it's Kuru, or, or it's some kind of zombie disease from Haiti. 
and you realize that you're talking with someone that simply has just exotically moved the answer into a pit that's like on an island somewhere that they and you can never go to and see. But the practical fact is, is that you can see what rabies does. This is a picture of it. It looks like a bullet. On the left is herpes simplex 10. One's an RNA, one's a DNA. One has a smaller shell. One's a nine millimeter, another's a 50 caliber. And that both of these things are propaganda, both these things are exosomes, both these things are symbols of information. And we can demonize rabies all we want. I don't want to stop you. Demonize it all you want. However, rabies is used to treat epilepsy. <laughs> we are able to map rabies and actually implicate in the brain how death even occurs. That faster than the speed of sound, you can, you can insert this bullet into the brain and literally every single uh, neuron will be infected in a matter of seconds, in a matter of seconds. So this isn't necessarily a nefarious evil tool. I mean, nefarious evil force It's necessarily just a, a tool that's dangerous and downright uh, has a lot of power to it. But when we first approach these concepts, we tend to fear and demonize it. We tend to overreact and we create these giant vaccine campaigns, right? The norovirus is a perfect example of this. I remind you of what Paul Offit said. I th I'm pretty sure we'll get to a slide on this section. I'm going to just wait because I think it's like two slides away. Oh, actually, it was the next slide. There you go. Public health will always mean population control, as I said, which will always mean eugenics. And I want to remind everybody that politics is not the art of changing things. Politics is the art of explaining a policy that's not going to change. Politics is the art of explaining a policy that's not going to change. In 1996, outside of Ohio, 11 members of the California delegation of Republicans uh, came down with a norovirus. And this norovirus was... Uh, popularized on the news and a giant scare took place. And as Paul Offit said, the best way to get vaccines, to get uh, people vaccinated is to have a public outbreak. And the norovirus was a public health exercise. I believe that the norovirus was put in place as a test for COVID. I do not say this lightly. Uh, the Surgeon General um, under Donald Trump a man who was appointed for exactly one year during this period and then was subsequently fired from that. Uh, his name, oh, escapes me, asymptomatic, is a video I did with him. Um, fuck, I should actually, like, play that video. It's, like, such a good, uh, uh, like, story of that. But uh, if someone could look up that Surgeon General's name, that'd be, wash, walk, walk, I think it starts with a W. Uh, Surgeon General, sorry, I should have done this. We got a lot to cover, but Surgeon General under Trump. His name was, uh, was it Jerome Adams? I think it was Jerome Adams. Let me make sure it's the right guy. Yes, yes. If, if you remember my video, Jerome Adams, he's wearing a mask. He, first he said no one needs to wear a mask, and then everyone needs to wear masks. Jerome Adams, uh was public health advisor during the neurovirus outbreak. And I believe that you're looking at a marketing campaign. I believe that you're looking at a campaign that basically was set to spread fear and to have that fear injected into the political, no pun intended. Yeah, we'll go ahead, pun intended. And, 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 uh, and that that fear was, was, was injected and inserted into the vernacular precisely in time 
for the vote to showcase uh, how important it was that we fight the norovirus. By the way, there's no vaccine for the norovirus still. It was simply a, a ploy, but that that was a test campaign, I believe, because that same guy was elected right during COVID and passed the whole vaccine inserts can be blank. There's no reason to do anything like that. Literally every single thing that the who says is what I'm saying now. It's just a big blunder. Lost a lot of respect uh, from the medical community and was subsequently fired. Jerome was a sacrifice used to implement this, this public safety. Keep in mind, it's not like someone has to be nefarious going, I want everyone to subcutaneously inject something and I will have an erection and secretly get off. It's, it's in their mind. He's a charlatan. In the mind, these people are charlatans saying we have to save the world. We have to save the world. The only way to save the world is we have to get them all to inject this thing because then I can prove that I saved the world. The only way I can get them to prove to save the world is I have to scare the shit out of them. And this is what a charlatan does. The same thing that, that honestly, people were doing about insisting that, that germ theory wasn't real. Guys, Belief theory is real. Belief technology is real. So why not just say that? Don't tell me what it isn't. I can tell you what it isn't. All of us can tell you what it isn't. We could just disagree and critique all day. Tell me what the fuck it is. And when you're telling me what it is, don't ignore things like all the people that are dying. That's your job. If you're going to be telling me what something is not, take every factor into account and look at it. That's what I do, which is why I end up coming back telling you guys, guys, I think fucking QAnon's a psyop. Guys, I think Epstein Island is actually a movie set. Guys, I think the reason why there's an ambulance on an island that's half a mile across is because it's not actually there to help people. It's part of a movie set. And these are popular things to say, so you can't say them unless you're above being a charlatan. Then you just go through the torture of being me. It's not fun doing this either. Holy fuck. Constantly just like, oh God, who have I isolated now? I lost someone just because of Hades. Just because I talk about Hades. So it's very real. Why? Because it's all propaganda and it's coming through. This isn't about truth. It's about propaganda. I'm looking at the spike proteins. I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing myself. Prove my lips, right? I literally tell you, I'm the only one out there who has a spike protein, who's sending out the, the message that when you come take it, you take a lollipop off of spike protein and go, hey, I want to try this out from James. The first thing it tells you is don't trust the propaganda. I, 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 that's part of my spike protein. It's weird. I'm in a weird business, literally trying to put myself out of business by being in business. What this really is about, and the reason why you see people clinging to germ theory or anti-germ theory or train theory or anti-train theory is because there are two realities. There's a factory reality that comes right out of the box, and there's a custom reality that you build. And if you want to build a custom reality, it's going to cost you. You're going to need plasma. Lots of plasma. And that plasma is going to have to have a free schedule. Because it's going to have to build you a custom reality and maintain that bubble the entire time. And the first moment it pops, you're looking at the factory reality there, which is just going to be based on crook and flail. Fear, 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 uh, salvation. Fear, 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 salvation. This is factory reality, right? Fear, 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 salvation. Fear, 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 salvation versus custom reality, which is, oh my God, the grass is so beautiful on my toes. It feels amazing. These are, these are different. One requires the sugar and salt. The other requires just grass between your toes, right? One's expensive. One's right out of the factory. It's cheap. It's not customized. The other requires a lot of maintenance, a lot of maintenance. And people are vandalizing it. There's no insurance policies. It's nothing but work. 
So you see why so many people choose the factory reality. You understand that. This whole place is Maya. And if I can get rid of enough objective reality people that listen to this show, you and I can have a real conversation about this for the first time ever. Because this isn't even hard to believe. What I'm about to tell you is not hard to believe. The problem is you've been believing something else for so long that you just cannot, cannot even comprehend that you could have been wrong for that long. The truth is the atmosphere is your cytoplasm. Do you understand this word cytoplasm, right? The, the liquid outside the nucleus, the stuff, the ether that's outside the nucleus of the cell, that the atmosphere that you see is your cytoplasm. You render every part of you into this cytoplasm, into your environment. Your cell was born in darkness. It was born covered. It was born stuck in a tiny hole. That hole, that womb, gave you no view into the outside world. Your eyes didn't even work for almost a year of your life. So stop telling me that this world has to be seen to be understood because it wasn't. The very first thing you did was hallucinate this world. And your cells grew. And I'm not talking about from the time you are a fetus. I'm talking about when you were a blastocyst baby. I'm talking about when you were a clump. And that your Elohim formed. Because that single cell split into 16. And it carved a zodiac into its sky. And it started to tell itself which way was up. It created the concept of fucking up. And in order to keep that concept of up, I don't mean fucking up, that was sort of a word mixed there, but it created the concept called up and north and pole. And when you look at all the mythology you see in the world, most of it is based around this Orumbalus, this Omphalos, excuse me, the center of the world, right? The navel of the world. Because that's the first thing that your cell did was create the mythology of where's my center? Where's my center? Which way is up? And that you started rendering gravity around that notion. You started to render all of the other things that you render in your world based off that zodiac that you carved in total darkness. And the only thing that you had to go on it was the magnetic pull of your mom, that you were reading information from her. And she was telling you, yeah, yeah, my zodiac's over here, honey. And you're like, oh, I, I like your zodiac, mom. I'm going to take that too. You render every part of this environment. Stop, stop insisting that you don't. It would make no sense that, that you would even be born in this world and be stuck inside a hole that you couldn't even see that long. If this was really an objective reality and you had to come out and see it for the first time, it makes no sense it would work this way. It works the way I'm telling you. The Carmen line, you know what that is, right? 50,000 feet, I believe, 50 miles up. I'm sorry. This is a 50 miles up, I think. This is where space starts. The Carmen line is the threshold of your cellular membrane, your world is your cellular membrane. The vacuum of space is simply what is outside of your cellular wall. You have a cytoskeleton. Did you know that? The scaffolding that's been built inside your, uh, inside your cytoplasm? The scaffolding isn't in space because space is a vacuum. This, this scaffolding is your atmosphere. It keeps you together. Your belief bubble is draped around this scaffolding. And it's all protein. Your immunity is exactly as strong as your will to believe. And your ego is the crucible for the Big Bang. 
Your will to believe and paint this bubble is your immune system at work. And the more you love yourself, the more you paint a reality that you want to look at and be present in and associate in. And the more you want to associate in this world, the more you're going to put into cleaning your system, into scrubbing your floors, into dusting your mantle. So the essence of your imagination is your immune system at the same time. And most importantly, you've been taught through the propaganda of exosomes from everyone around you, from all the other cells inside the Osiris body that are touching you, that are touching you, that you've been taught through their propaganda because they insert chemoelectrical signals into you all the time. And they've told you that, that, that you should believe that you are a part of something larger and that all of this place is you. And it is. You are Osiris. You are both inside the body of Osiris and the totality of Osiris at the same time. How does that work? Think about it as holographic stereography. That in one lens, you are looking at the world on a macro, and in the other lens, you're looking at the world of micro, and that both are showing you the same thing because it's a wormhole, a cornucopia, an aura borealis, right, where the snake is eating its own tail because you are both the macro and the micro at the same time. You are the exosome and the endosome at the same time. And this is the concept of Maya. That you're living inside of a giant snake, but simply because you're hallucinating, you don't actually see its belly. That you've created your own sky, your own chemtrails, your own stars, your own sun, your own, your own atmosphere. Even the shape of this place, whether it be a sphere, whether it be a ball, whether it be flat as a pancake, whether it be uh, oblong, oblongatoid or uh, concave or convex, that all those things are completely up to you because your cosmology is literally everything that is about you. Your intelligence, your sentience, your agency comes from your cosmology. And you're just simply too simple-minded to grasp that this is how it works. That you've been taught a long time ago that if we believe in this system, a lot of us can get along because a lot of people don't have the same reality bubble as you do, so they need a spherical earth. They need science. They need horse grease because these things help them. They need anti-beliefs because this is their way of practicing to learn what's really going on. You are the ghost in the machine, my friends. And every neurotransmitter has this spark gap that's placed there on purpose. And that reason why it's placed there on purpose is because every gate is hackable. Every single doorway in your body has this hackable gate. And that gate can be accessed through placebo, good or bad. If you want yourself to die, you can do it. If you want yourself to fly, you can do it. You were a billionaire and a pauper on the same side of the coin. Pick one. Pick a side. And either excite or inhibit those beliefs until they refine themselves and you go through the vitriolic process of creating your reality, of forging your bubble, whether it be a businessman or a spiritual guru, you forge a bubble and you have no choice but to hold it. And no matter what kind of bubbles are outside of you, no matter how small they are, no matter how petty, no matter how weak, your job is to respect your bubble and to build your world. The immune system is an energy bubble that we build using the plasma of our beliefs. Propaganda is a virus and every exosome produces a fantasy into your body that will either allow you to survive or thrive. We are so much closer than we think to being ready to understand that every science that's ever been invented is in the denial of belief. Do you understand that? That the first thing they say is, it's not belief, don't worry. 
It's actually germs. Or it's actually a virus. Or it's actually this. Because the implications of it being belief would make us choke. And we would have a hard time even being able to go to sleep at night. Knowing what the fuck am I going to believe when I close my eyes. That's where we are. If you really break down all the different processes of the immune system, and there's a lot, right? There's like tons. There's eight different processes. Some are innate, some are adaptive, all of them. The primary function of the immune system, really, when it breaks around down to it, is to distinguish the self from the non-self. You hear that? This is probably the, the biggest point, I think, of all this that maybe you haven't considered, that the entire purpose of the immune system is to go in your body and determine which is me and which is not me. And if there's something that's not me, it reacts and that's called inflammation. Why? Because inflammation is disassociation. If you have a splinter inside your body, all the cells that are touching the splinter are disassociating because they do not recognize that thorn, that splinter, as self. So what do they do? They inflame. And your body is so clever at the way it inflames that it knows how to inflame from the inside out that it's able to push debris outside of its bubble simply because it does not associate with it. All disease is disassociation. All cancers are disassociation. All tumors are disassociation. I showed you Levine Levin's video last week about chicken embryo and that you could carve them with a with a needle and, and simply by separating the embryos, they become separate disassociated chickens and your body works the same way in real time. It is associated with all the cells and if those cells are somehow broken, if their ion chains stop communicating with their neighbors because they hate their neighbor, because they're prejudiced, because they're bigoted, that 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 is the formulation of a tumor itself, that that is what it looks like. All illness is the decoupling of the ego. What is ego? It is the word that means I. It is the I-ness. And we live in a world where the Good Men Project, right now, if you go on Google, will tell you that the ego is a false agent and it should be destroyed. And the word ego literally means I. There's a body outside of you that is insisting that the eye is the enemy. And you know this now. And when you start to know this, all the eugenics programs, all the propaganda, all, all, the, all the cytokines <laughs> uh, that, that your friends distribute, they start to make sense because you start to see what the world's really about. That there's a, a quest to help you disassociate from your eye. Because when you disassociate from your eye, what do you do? You take on factor reality. And what happens in factor reality? Everyone else around you who's also in factor reality feels better. Ugh. So they have a motivation, a direct motivation to convince you to shoot down your ego, to stop building your reality because, frankly, it's making them look bad. It's threatening them. And that's the tension that you see in the world. That's why you cling to me. That's why you found me, this little raft in the middle of COVID. You found this channel because of that. We all are clinging to each other. I know that. I'm just saying this is why we found each other. We found each other because we were like, I don't want to kill my eye. I, my eye seems more important than me. I think my eye is actually my immune system. What does the eye stand for? Immunity, baby. Immune system, right? It's an ego. Ego is the immune system. So what is E? What is ego? The Greek eye, right? Society called the false self must be destroyed. But really, it's just focus will from a neuro agency. Ego is gasoline. You use gasoline in your car. The more ego you have, the more gas you're going to have. Does having more gas make you a reckless driver? Because I would argue that having less gas makes you a, a reckless driver. I would say that if you were almost out of gas, you might be prone to run a red light. 
I would say if you're almost out of gas, you might be prone to cut off an old lady. But if you have plenty of gas, you might be prone to actually stop and give some to someone else who's suffering. But when you build up that ego, you build up that I, which means you're off factory reality. You're in self-reality now. You're rendering your own reality, and that makes other people nervous. So we've created a system where we literally encourage each other to always run around on an empty tank. And that's check your ego, brah. You got to kill your ego, man. If you're going to get by, you got to kill your ego because it's an awful evil force that's going to cause all this evil in the world. That, that is the rest of the world saying, hey, if all of us had no fuel, none of us would have to be generous. And that's victimhood incarnate, which is why I talk about it a lot. I talk about it because I see it. If you, if you guys, if we collectively would stop acting that way, I wouldn't fucking talk about it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring it up. It wouldn't be a thing for me. I'd be like, oh, yeah, it used to be a problem, but it's not a thing anymore. I think I'll talk about uh, Weeble Wobbles, right? I mean, I'd have a whole show on Weeble Wobbles today. But until we start to learn what gas and ego and how they're the same and how the generosity comes, that we're not going to know this. The narcissist is someone who's asphyxiating. They've run out of gas. They're flopping on the deck. And we live in such a cruel fucking society that we're like, we will demonize that person more. I read today on Instagram, never talk to a narcissist because they're evil and they'll never listen. And my reply is, Okay, so in addition to demonizing someone, you should also banish them and not communicate with them. And that's that's really what we're saying. And we're calling that nice. She's the empath, right? She's, I'm the, I'm the touchy-feely, uh, emotionally connected empath, and I'm going to tell you that narcissists should never be talked to because they're evil. And you're just like, whoa, 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 lady. You okay? You okay inside that vesicle? You need some spike proteins in there, do you? You need some spiky wikies with your little... Uh Woody dooty, right? Not only is ego gasoline, ego is the ability to hold more than one reality. Think about it. If ego is plasma, it's a collection of plasma. If you could form your own bubble of reality, but when you compassionate someone, oh, you're doing something even more creative, my friends. You're creating another bubble right by your bubble. So that bubble's inside your bubble, but that bubble is the other person you're compassionating. You're like, I'm going to build their entire world right here because I can because I got a fucking ego. So you're doing that. And you're simulating their entire world. Now, what are you going to do with that, right? You can use it to deceive them. You could use it to uh, benefit them. You could be mutually helpful, right? So uh, the economy is still there. The tool is still there. Ego is a tool. Gasoline is a tool. You're going to call gasoline evil because you're going to burn down a a house. Are you going to call gasoline good because it drove you to your sweetheart in, in Denver, right? I don't know why in Denver. Uh, The will comes online at puberty. This is this is what I think. And I, I think it comes online at puberty because it's the same time as the immune system. And when I say this is what I think, I want you to know that I'm under the impression that by the time you turn 10, that your spirit, your agency, your Zeus, the spirit, the soul of Osiris, has enough influence that he can secrete will out of his own cells. And so your cell starts to secrete its own exosomes with their own message around age 10. And that's around when your immune system comes online. That the child is able to forge his own reality bubble in a sustained, non-playful, but more directed way. Okay, the Playing, the child is nothing but reality bubbles, right? Uh, all through his play state. But when the will comes in, it's because they've latched onto an identity. The I has a will now, right? Instead of the I does not exist because it's the am, the child is the am, and the will comes online, it becomes the I am. Do you understand? So I am, I am is uh, uh, noun verb, noun verb, noun verb, right? 
So the child doesn't actually come online until he has both those feet, right? One leg is the noun, one leg is the verb. You know how this works. The body's cells are generating enough agency now that they can exude propaganda from their cellular walls. His desires are exosomes. His dreams are extracellular vesicles. His quest is a virus. And he's propagating these spike proteins throughout the world because he wants to fulfill his destiny, his will's destiny. So ego, just like these vesicles, is this bilipid layer of electrical tension. It's surface tension, but it's electrical tension, which means ego is this psychic fat. It's psychic fat surrounding this layer of, of water that's on a spiritual level, that my ego is a separate bubble from yours. That the fear of losing myself is actually the same fear that holds the surface tension together and gives me who I am. I would only fear losing myself if I loved myself. If I hated myself, I would want to lose myself. So you start to see how the cellular structure forms. This is the skeletal structure. Will is exchanged through the body through several mechanisms. All of these things rely on propaganda signals to thrive. Because these propaganda signals are always in either excitatory or inhibitory hormones. Basically, everything's going to be, I'm either for something or I'm against that thing. I'm for something or I'm against that thing. There's not a system that I can think of in the body that does not have an exciter that also does not have an inhibitor. And I want you to think about that as a circuitry, that there's not a module that you can pull out of your robot drawer that doesn't have a black and a red wire that you're going to need a ground and a, and a volt. You need a V and a G. And if they don't have those two things, the component's not going to work and that your body works the same way because you were a somatic, somato-electrical, electrical being, right? Your body, the body electric. I sing the body electric and the song is will, the song is ego. Um, I'm going to have to stop. It's a bummer. I have to stop because I've got 15 more slides and they're just crucial. They're crucial here. And I have airship right now. I have airship. And I haven't even played the interlude. There's just a lot. And I haven't really messed around that much. So um, I hope that this has been helpful. And I hope that you will uh, stay tuned for, for part two. Because we're going to really, really go into uh, some more stuff about, about how this reality actually expresses itself in your, uh, in your cellular body. Right? So... We're going to stop now. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate uh, you guys. We're having a gathering on 1028. That gathering is uh, in Tennessee. If you want to come to that meetup, it's a weekend long thing, but we're sort of gathering on Saturday. If you want to come for that Saturday, it's 1028. I'd love to see you. Uh, we've got a few special things planned. Uh, we've uh, rented a lodge. Um, we have the entire lodge, so it's beautiful grounds. You can come and check it out, and I uh, really hope you make it to that. It's this uh, beautiful place, Fall Creek Falls. We're going to learn about the Kayunashi, this idea of these emotional collectors. You should join us. Creature comforts. I appreciate you guys. Peace should come first. If I keep eating sweets like this, soon my teeth ain't gonna work. Used to sleep through love hurts. Deep in slumber. 
hard to bring you out of sight to see that you need you come first. Yeah, you is a pretty thing, don't mess up, baby. You're only way out. Hard to hear heaven sing, but those petty strings bugging your brain down. What's that mean? I'm just an idiot Photoshop an image in the feed We're the real one All I ever wanted was some peace and tranquility All I see is problems and the stars is a million The mundane is beautiful Singing a silly song Bitch, I'm the Billy Go Gruff And she tread on me with that old fake love I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough Can't you say that once? Get it in your gut If you're a small town, baby Y'all just trust Got the gate to the world in your backyard bluff Find a way to sit still or you won't feel nothing Ain't no need for a rush You can fall in love Will you stand in place? Said I feel your lungs Read it all right in Cause you ain't here long Yeah A simple man Is pretty ass Anything you should hold on to
maybe you should let an ARC watch your kids, right? Right? Isn't that, isn't that what we're saying now? We're like, James, you know how bad it is. If you don't, James, clearly you should let a narc watch your kid, which is a, a great topic. But let's, let's, really, let's really ask, let's really be honest with ourselves here. If you know someone's a narc and you're going to let them watch your kid, who's the bad person here? Who? You've been hurt by narcs because you needed to learn boundaries. You're the one that got hurt by that. You fell for their propaganda because you wanted to believe it more than you wanted to have boundaries. The narc is teaching you about your cellular bilipid structure. Your ability to hold your reality has a hole in it, and the narc showed you where it was. If you're going to call them a narc, if you're going to demonize them, if you're going to label them a narc, Anything that you do to trust them is something that you yourself have done to yourself. You're the one that's already labeling that way. And there's such a profound, huge bit of wisdom here. And most of us don't want it because it's so much nicer to simply demonize and insist that this person's evil. Keep doing that. I have no beef with you doing that. I'm telling you that when your reality bubble comes stronger, that your reality stays more solid when you no longer need to demonize another cell that's sharing the same body of Osiris as you are. That's all I'm saying. So watch out for narcs, but put your fucking guard up, man. Seriously. No one told you this was like an, an innocent, fuzzy, fuzzy room, right? You know what's here. This is the jungle.